Get ready. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host for another episode. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 169, nice, of the Weekly Cooldown. It is episode 7, or excuse me, it is October 7th. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to our... um, Latin American, Latin American, Latinx American Heritage Month episodes. Um, as you probably heard, I have a guest that is going to sit and wait. <laughs> um, because I want to explain. I always explain that these episodes are um, basically a chance for us to dive into the kind of strange intersectionality that is uh, being a gamer um, in some cases, being queer, in some cases, being non-binary, in some cases, being uh, straight, I guess, um, <laughs> and and being um, a person of color, Latinx, Latin, Latina, Latino, um, and also being a gamer. So we're going to dig into some uh, topics, the usual stuff, uh, representation, so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, my guest here is a good friend who's been on the show before. Uh, by the name of George. Hey, everyone. Good evening when we're recording. <laughs> How How's it? What's going Tell Tell the people what you do, George. Well, I am a student, a, uh, a bit of a Twitch streamer and a bit of a podcaster. I've been mm-hmm. trying to make more time with that. And because my schoolwork aligns with audio and video production, it's getting a bit easier these past couple months yeah 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 that's always nice um when you're like doing the work already so you don't have to like do the work (laughs) it just kind of feeds into one another yeah very cool very cool now um what uh, are you working on anything in particular now any kind of special projects well i am Working on something gaming related. Mm-hmm. A certain someone might have helped me out with that. Mm-hmm. And so far it's going well, even though okay. we've only just done one thing with it. Yeah. Tell the tell the people. What are you, what are you planning? What's in the noggin? I am I don't know if I brought this off the first time. If I did, uh we're redoing it. If not, well, let me introduce it. Uh, I am trying to get a podcast called Checkpoint off the ground, where I interview random guests about their favorite games and why they like them, as well as maybe having a bit of a gaming news segment when I can't get guests. That is that is a. Uh... The, the guest part is always the difficult part, trying to wrangle people. But yep. it's good to have a, a backup plan. So <laughs> good for you. 
Well done, well done. Um, and what is this? What is this show going to be called? Well, as I said before, it's going to be called uh, Checkpoint. 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 Um, how'd you come up with the name Checkpoint? Well, the uh, I had a friend who used to make uh, music called uh, Off World. That's mm. what he went by, and he gave me a bunch of tracks that he was working on at the very start of everything, and. At the very end of one of the tracks, it said Checkpoint in a bid-crushed sort of audio effect. I'm like, holy crap. That'd be a good name for a podcast. And so, lo and behold, here we are. Yeah. Checkpoint. When, um, so we still have to do the extra bit of legwork on the episode but when might people expect to hear more about Checkpoint? Uh, either very late 2022 or early to mid 2023. Very good. Very good. Easy peasy. Asked and answered. Um, we like that. We like good names for podcasts. Not like me, who came up with a trivia game show and could only think to name it the greatest gaming game show ever. Is it's it a got good a good game? ring to it. Is it? Does it? Do you think so? I think so. so. Although okay, I'm pretty well. biased. All right. Well, I appreciate the bias. Anyways, <laughs> we're here with George. We're going to dig into these questions. Um, now, of course, uh, however deep or non-deep you want to get into these questions is up to you. But uh, we definitely appreciate your honesty. So without further ado, um, as asked uh, for three episodes now three or four episodes now um what does it mean to be latino latin latinx to you um what does it mean to be a gamer what does it mean to combine these identities or does it mean anything at all well personally i think what it means to be well first before i go anywhere with this i identify with latino in terms of individuality and Mm. in terms of Speaking as a group, I prefer either Latinx in English or Latine in the Spanish pronunciation, mm. both being the gender-neutral terms that are kind of coming up more yep. and more. Slowly, but surely. Slowly, but surely. If there's one thing about the Latin American community, it's we're very stubborn. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, well, it's... We... Well... Let's face it. We kind of romanticize the whole thing. Mm. You'll be brought up thinking, oh, yeah, you, your ancestors were warriors or whatever in the Aztecs or Inca or the Mayans or something. Mm-hmm. Even though they were probably, what, just simple farmers or something. Sure. Depending on uh, how knowledgeable they are, uh, they might be like, oh, yeah, we have some Spaniard blood as well. Mm-hmm. We don't really talk about it because, you know, conquistadors and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In terms of my family, uh, we do know that we have some Spanish blood because of, uh, what was it? Uh, my uncle took a one of those blood test things mm-hmm. to see your uh, genetic makeup or something. Yep. Got a whole bunch of stuff. Like, apparently we're like a small percentage Middle Eastern. I'm guessing that's from the Ottoman Empire taking over Mm -hmm. Spain for a while. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Uh, As for... But just in general, it it 
regardless of how many times you fail, you get back up. It's what our people have done for centuries. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've heard that before from a previous guest as well. Yep. We've taken on the French, the British, the Spanish, other Mesoamerican nations, and the Americans. Mm-hmm. Like, America doesn't really talk about it, mainly because, you know, they don't like losing. But we've kicked them out of Mexico at least once or twice. It's only once or twice, but hey, once or twice is better than nothing. <laughs> We're passionate about the things we create, whether it be food, music, uh, recently like stuff like cinema or video games, like what we're mm-hmm. usually talking about here. Mm-hmm. We pour our heart, blood, sweat, and tears into everything that we do, and hopefully the people before us and the people after us appreciate it and don't get it be destroyed. Uh, now, when you say destroyed, do you mean like by tech bros online? or <laughs> do you... Anything from conquistadors thinking, oh yeah, this is worthless, put it in the trash pile, burn it, to tech bros being, you know what, we'll make an NFT of this. Oh no, the link is <laughs> broken, a rug pulled, no! All my apes gone. All my apes gone. I like the. I I do like the kind of uh, uh, the the way you've put that right. That there is a lot of passion in the things that um, Latin folks, Latin folks, have made um, over over the many years. And now we are starting to see. Um, we went over it last episode um, more. Uh, game studios as well um, and folks making um, all types of uh, games that relate to the culture that they um, are trying to uh, represent. Um, our last guest spoke about a Brazilian game, Papo Yo, which I didn't know existed until she told me about it. Um, and just based on the first couple of images you see of that game, you can tell that there was like, there, there's someone's story deep within that, right? And if you go looking, I'm sure you'll find the developers kind of talking more about it. But there's someone's like love and their and you know the blood, sweat, and tears is really, really poured into that game. Um, from story to like just the just the art and the the way it moves is so fluid. Like they're really trying to to show you how this story or how much this story means to them and hopefully how much it can mean to you. Yeah. I remember some of the first uh, Latin American representation I saw in video games, mainly being Red Dead Redemption one. Yes. (laughs) They made that part in event just with, using Jose Gonzalez, a uh, indie folk singer, I believe from mm-hmm. Norway, who uh, their uh, parents were Brazilian refugees, mm-hmm. I believe. Or was it? No, no, Argentina, I think. They came over and uh, immigrated to some place in the Nordic countries somewhere, made a life for themselves, and eventually their kid became a really famous world-renowned musician mm-hmm. who somehow got one of their songs onto a Rockstar game. 
which I don't know about like other people, but Rockstar, I think, is kind of on the level of Disney. Sure. You see your culture represented through like their projects. It's it's like you've made it. It's like how a whole bunch of people were going, Oh my god, we're we're seeing people that look like me in a freaking Pixar movie. Right. Like with uh Honestly, the only one I can think of right now is Coco, mainly because, you know, we're talking about Latin American stuff at the mm-hmm. moment. But like, it is it is a very big deal, despite the kind of implications of AAA studios, um, when they do take the time to pour their money, because they do have a lot of it, into, um, you know, really researching how to best represent someone who doesn't um, look like the typical, you know, white uh, protagonist or the typical American or something like that. They really go out of their way to research other other folks, other people. Yeah, like uh, say what you want about the Mexico part of the campaign for Red Dead Redemption One. It is both historically accurate to the time with a whole bunch of turmoil, revolution after revolution happening. Yep. Constantly throughout the early 20th century. Plus being right in the middle of World War... No, right in the beginning, I think, of World War One. You have the historical events such as the Zimmerman Telegram, which if it were to have not gotten intercepted by the Americans, would have had some very dire consequences for the, uh, for the two countries. Uh, for those who don't know, the Zerman telegram was a uh, telegram that was intercepted by the Americans, being sent from the Kaiser of uh, Germany. I believe, or was it Austria-Hungary? One or the other. Um, which promise was like, hey, you should attack the Americans from the south, and we'll give you all the land that you lost, what, 50 years, what, 50 years ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. roughly? They're still pretty here by that. I'm pretty sure there were still even people that lived through that still kicking around. So it would have been a really huge deal as well as uh, a lot more modern weaponry and such, but it got intercepted by American intelligence. Okay. One of the very few good things that they've done. I don't mean to be getting that kind of political, but I apologize. Well, (laughs) you know how this show is. I like getting gaming political, not like political, political. But no, context is context, and it is needed, especially <laughs> when enjoying entertainment. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very Long true. story short, it could have like drastically changed the uh, entire 20th century. Can you believe it? We'd be in a totally different place. Who knows what it would look like? I sure don't. I'm new, not a New traveler. Mexico. New, ooh, hang on a minute. Um, so... I guess you've answered the question, what does it mean to combine the two identities? Um, and does it mean anything to combine those two identities? Um, so you've also kind of touched upon my next question already. Um, but we'll stick it, we'll, we'll go in uh, with it anyway. What are some moments in gaming that stick out with regard to your culture? Is there any game where they tried to do good but could definitely do better 
Well, uh, something very recent actually sticks out. Um, also pertaining to Rockstar, I promise I'm going to talk about more than just Rockstar games. It's just <laughs> they're a big company and a lot of stuff got leaked a few, yes, a few weeks ago. GTA 6. One of the characters that was leaked that is playable is named Lucia, a Latin American woman of some vague Latin American country, let's say Cuba, because, you know, Vice City is the equivalent of Miami. That is both huge, both in terms of people who identify as a woman and people who are Latin American. You hadn't had a female protagonist in a Rockstar game, and the only Latin American protagonist in a Rockstar game was DLC yeah. in Grand Theft Auto 4 through the Ballad of Gabe Tony DLC. It's huge, and I'm surprised it took them this long to do so. Yeah. You, you gotta take the good with the bad, I guess. But uh, another one before that would be uh, back when uh, Overwatch got announced, and uh, uh, one of their first new heroes was uh, a, a little character known as uh, Sombra, mm-hmm. born uh, somewhere, I believe, in Mexico City, actually. And had actual tan skin, was something different than your stereotypical Latina stereotype, Mm -hmm. and was heavily influenced by the tech world, something that you don't really see much outside of, like, a couple white dudes hunched over a laptop or something. Sure. Now, could they have done better? Definitely. Tell us more. Look, I love Olivia, a.k.a. Sombra, very much. I love the uh, Mexico campaign, especially because it's very uh, historically accurate. Nobody's really the good guy. The people you... The freedom fighters turn out to be the same as the oppressors that they were fighting against. Mm -hmm. But... You're also playing the white savior yet again. Even if it's one of the only times I don't mind having a white savior story because it turns out by the end of the story that it doesn't even matter. So all of his work was for nothing, pretty much. Sure. Red Dead Redemption is a really interesting uh, (laughs) kind of, I guess ride so to speak uh horse reference um (laughs) through like how how different cultures clash but also how at the end of it all literally nothing matters (laughs) the end is already coming and it's already here and it's also already happened Mm -hmm. very interesting very interesting and It's great that we're getting a Latin American character for the first time in a GTA game that's Mm -hmm. playable and not DLC, but it's taken them how many years? I can, I, let's say since GTA 3, at least, which was what, mid, 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 2005, 2002-ish. 
I just know it takes place after 9-11. Wow. A whole 20 years. Jesus Christ. Crazy stuff. It doesn't feel that long. <laughs> I mean, it it shouldn't feel that long, but it but it is all twenty years. Yeah, I uh, I don't know about your other guests, but I'm I'm very much into mainstream type of uh, gaming circles. So that's Big where I tend to focus A's. on. Like, although one indie game that had something great but just didn't live up to the hype i guess was uh i'm pretty sure you've seen me go on and on about it back when it was in development uh azteca forgotten gods mm-hmm. we did so, talk about that in the indie open world game centered around a uh uh mesoamerican uh futurism aesthetic which, if it came out 20 years ago, would have been really impressive. Yeah. But their heart was in the right place, at least. You know? There's, um, there's actually... I, I think that game especially is kind of the, the um, epicenter of a quote I heard recently. Kind of like the, the, the reason why this quote exists... Um, and I believe it goes, nothing that is for us is without us, right? Um, and basically, I guess what that means is anything that is for our culture, our people, is not done without, or is not done without us or without, like, some kind of consultation from us, right? It's not... It's usually made by us or um, something of that nature. And I feel like that game in particular is like, what, what applies that quote really well. Um, yeah. Simply because it feels like it was made by someone very specific to that culture um, and who who really wanted to make that game, right? Um, didn't want to compromise on anything. <laughs> it had to be that way or else, and and it 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 seems to uh, have done pretty well, um, yeah. all things considered. Like to be fair, a uh, Horizon Zero Dawn type of game on a smaller scale mm-hmm. with an indie budget, with the aesthetics of Breath. Uh, no, not Breath of the Wild. The other one with uh, the one with sailing. What's that one? Oh, Wind, Wind Waker. Waker. Yes. Just in theory sounds phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it needed a bit more love and care. That's a, that's absolutely and true. Money. Yeah, money is the big one. But yes, that is absolutely true. We're right. You are right about that. Very good. Now, we're gonna get into like the real life stuff now. <laughs> more real life stuff. Um, one specific question I asked our first guest that I thought would be interesting, um, to ask again is, did you have any Latin or Latinx gaming friends growing up? Um, and was it difficult to get along with folks who weren't, um, a part of your community or culture, um, but were still gamers? The thing is, I, uh, growing up, I didn't really have any 
Latin American friends outside of my cousin. Mm. And that, that is, <laughs> that seems to be a trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all got that one cousin. We were like, hey. Yeah. Um, and like, just in general, didn't really have until like late middle school. I had one like Latin American friend. Uh, before then, I was pretty much just surrounded by white people. Yep. There were still like uh, Latin American students and kids in, in general all around, but a lot of them went to sports, and yeah. I'm not a sports guy. I don't. Yeah. I don't like soccer. Yeah. I played that we when I was a kid, sports. and that was about it. Yeah, no sports, please. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was. I remember going in a band. Uh, Back in middle school, there was a few that stayed mm-hmm. because in middle school it's kind of a trial one, trial run for everything. You gotta choose. Hey, what stuff do you want to try here that you might do in high school? It's, I chose band because I'm like, oh, I like music. This weird J looking thing called a saxophone looks cool, and I can make sound <laughs> out of it. Mm-hmm. I uh, get in with, let's say, half a dozen uh, other Latin American uh, students. Some of them I knew pretty well. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really hang out much outside of band, but it was was nice having uh, people that I knew that weren't just white. I, uh, just in general... uh, (laughs) I'm uh, I'm used to being the darkest person in the room, pretty much. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel that a whole lot. But, um, yes. Like, both in terms of my uh, friendship history and, uh, funnily enough, my dating history as well. Hmm. <laughs> Funny how that works. There's obviously some issues. Some things aren't going to be culturally the same whether it be mm-hmm. the things you eat the references that you grew up on but a lot of things stayed the same whether it mm-hmm. be the cartoons you watch the when you got older like the video games you played the uh some some sort of there's some sort of coercion with the things that you grew up with that just ultimately are going to be the same because it's yeah. popular. And whether you like it or not, up to a certain point, you're pretty much going to be listening to a bunch of your parents' stuff. And for my parents, it was a bit of early 2000s and 80s and 90s rap, R&B, and hip-hop all the way up mm-hmm. until 50 Cent's last album. <laughs> wow. And a whole bunch of like, like La Banda classics. Very good, though. Very good. Yeah. Not everyone was into it. I, I wouldn't say I'm like a diehard fan for either genre. Mm-hmm. Or at least after a certain point, uh, more contemporary rap, R and B, and hip hop has gotten a lot better than the period between now and roughly two thousand five. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it's gotten a lot better, but the the uh, just act of storytelling and telling stuff about what happened while you were in the hood, despite the fact never <laughs> really living in that sort of mm-hmm. situation. Uh, it's something that I really admired about the, just a whole bunch of different music genres in general. Mm-hmm. And just now I mainly listen to electronic dance music. <laughs> what which an is another taste that is. Very, very white genre. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't white, think I met really a, a. I don't think I really met a, a, a person of color EDM fan until my recent job. This uh, this this uh, black trucker came in and he was blasting Darude Sandstorm. I wish I could relate. <laughs> I don't know. I have. I think the last EDM song I listened. No, I couldn't even tell you what it was. And I think I only listened to it because it was like on at a dorm party or something like that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. What's this? <laughs> What's this genre? EDM? Never heard of it. I will gladly send you my playlist of over a hundred songs. Amazing. Amazing. What an eclectic taste you've developed over the years. Influenced only by <laughs> your own brain, I imagine. Yeah, I uh, haven't, uh, going back to the prompt, I haven't really had any uh, uh, Latina uh, gaming friends, really. It's mainly just been white dudes. <laughs> that's, I mean, I think that's how it is for a lot of us, right? We, especially um, even in online gaming spaces, we don't really, we either don't let people know that we're looking for mm-hmm. um, BIPOC um friends online right like um the example of using like a white mmo character comes up a lot um not maybe not on purpose maybe it is on purpose but like we we don't let ourselves try and attach to those types of friendships um but then you know it's like it's almost like coming out of the closet in a way right like you you get this moment where everyone finds out that you're brown or you're black, and it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> like yeah. the, the secret's been revealed. Um, but it, it, I guess the difference is, though, is that when you're in a room full of you know, like your white friends playing Mario Kart or something, like in the moment, you are all gamers. But there is at any moment the kind of moment where everyone realizes that you are to use the phrase you used earlier the darkest person in the room um and that it's almost it's like i don't want to say scary but it is kind of scary like um to to it's, it's anywhere from scary to awkward to right just self-inflicted exile yeah yeah right um and that can be very unfortunate i can't say that i had many um black and brown like true gaming friends in fact the first person that comes to mind as my like best gaming buddy is um a white a white man so yeah it's like it doesn't it it doesn't feel real (laughs) until it is right until you find the people whether it's on the internet or um in in meat space as it were um who connect to you 
that way. Um, both in terms of like culture and video games. And it's very um, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, to go into our next subject, a little happiness, right? A little, a little celebration of uh, influential, friendly, or otherwise amazing figures in games who are also part of the um, Latin American, Latin American, Latinx American gaming circles. Uh, they can be streamers, they can be devs, they can be um, any uh, other characters you can think of. Uh, let us let us hear it. Who are they? Well, uh, I'm, I think I'm just going to circle back to Sombra. I kind of purposely maimed her because of the fact that mm-hmm. she was she was Mexican. Mm-hmm. And her voice actress was, although not Mexican, she was Colombian, is Colombian. Uh, she was a Latin American voice actress nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And once I found that out, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, yeah, I'm sticking with this character regardless of what happens. And I pretty much did the same thing as soon as they leaked the, uh, uh, the uh, operators for Rainbow Six Siege back when that was uh, at its mm. height. Mm-hmm. They finally had a uh, one Mexican uh, operator and oddly enough, a Peruvian operator. And I haven't seen any sort of Peruvian like representation outside of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Before that I point. Th- I don't so think I like, can think of anything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's and the uh, very iconic representation of the Peruvian Puff Pepper from Drake and Josh. Sure. Very iconic. How, how can we forget such a performance from such a pepper? <laughs> well, that's... I, I, I feel... Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a sense of, like, joy when you speak about Sombra specifically. First of all, I think Overwatch has gotten... Uh, f- for... for somewhat good reason a lot of um kind of hits over the years by uh, gamers fans um but i think knowing that you find such um connection to somber specifically um especially because she's like um uh, a mexican uh techie so to speak um is really is is a, a really good point of joy um I, I will applaud Overwatch for really trying to give us the <laughs> diverse cast the way that we sometimes think about diverse casts. Um, you had someone from almost everywhere, um, <laughs> or at least it felt like it was going in that direction. Yeah, um, like you've got people from different age ranges, body types, mm-hmm. ethnicities. You have an old ass Egyptian lady who's a sniper. Yeah. For whatever reason. It and just last works. I heard she's still in meta. That's that's a that's good news. We're <laughs> we love to know that <laughs> Anna specifically <laughs> is very useful. Um we do know through some digging that there was a weird a very strange metric uh Oh god, uh, that, the ethni- the uh the, the diversity scaling. Yes, the diversity scaling that Blizzard was using to uh, kind of figure out how to make their characters. Um, But uh, that does speak to the kind of need, I guess, for 
more people of color, brown people, black people in the room instead of allowing because I I feel like a lot of us would not have like allowed that to happen. <laughs> we would have been like, "What is this? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's it it was it was very dehumanizing seeing that. I'm like, oh, this is. Look, I get that you need to have a like corporate data to see the demographics and how much a new asset will appeal to the audience, but mm-hmm. there's better ways of doing that than this really fucking bullshit chart. The, the 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 pie chart of ethnicities and everything else that that happened um, should should never have happened. <laughs> Let's just keep it there. Oh, um, so now we know that we need more uh, uh, representation in the workplace at Blizzard. Um, it's good to know. I, I do still appreciate the the love for Sombra. Um, it is it is not unnoticed um so for the final question we have for you um is to the gamers and the latin gamers um what do we want the gaming community to know about latin gamers and what can the community as a whole do better we are here we are proud we are passionate we will gladly give you our money if we can play as a fucking brown character, please. <laughs> I can only think of one game whose character creator had my shade of tan. And it was the remake of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Hmm. Believe it or not, so the, the skin tone is game. very yeah. hard to find. It's either too mm-hmm. dark or too light. You hear that, developers? Or give in, us the range, please. Please give us better, give us better skin tone gradients. It's what? What do you want to say to Latin gamers, um, as a as, instead of just gamers? We gotta hook up more, man. We we gotta <laughs> we gotta do something. I I rarely see y'all. You're you're just either hidden. I'm not looking in the right place. Something. Have you checked out Latinx in gaming? Yes, I ha- I actually think I have. Yes, they are a a good. They have a very good Discord um, that features everything from gaming news to gaming jobs. <laughs> Um, support for if you are a coding uh, person, if you need voiceover support or audio support. Um, they do a lot, a lot, a lot of tweeting. Um, and they're very active right now, as they should be, because it is what? Latin, Latin American, American History Month. Woo. Yeah, you got it. You know what it is. Um, but yeah, Latinx and Gaming, um, they recently um, actually did a really cool TTRPG featuring Friend of the Show, uh lo-fi night um that was really cool they do a lot a lot a lot of work um a lot of heavy lifting and um i see new people joining that like every day so yeah if you haven't checked them out please check them out 
Yeah, I gotta check that Discord. Matt Nixon Gaming. Um, they also graciously retweet things when I put it in there, so I see y'all. Hey, <laughs> nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, perfect. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping the show up, and as we do, we uh, like to ask that you give our listeners a little recommendation. You know, some some games they should be playing. What uh, what game should they be playing or be on the lookout for? Um, well, in terms of stuff they should be on the lookout for, keep an eye on Rockstar. They might be releasing something, this little game called GTA 6. Oh, God. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> this little game. This tiny game. And in terms of what I've been playing right now, I've uh, been getting back into Watch Dogs. Mm-hmm. Specifically the uh, uh, Watch Dogs 2. Where yes, you can play as a black one. hacker. Yeah, the best Another one. Another thing you don't see very much. It feels weird to glorify what is essentially a criminal. <laughs> but I think in that context, it's like a freedom fighter type criminal. So Yeah, he's it, a, I think they call him a hacktivist. Yeah, it's on brand. <laughs> It's very on brand. Actually, for the folks uh, who are w- uh, listening to this live, um, let me know if you've played Watch Dogs 2. And if you haven't, drop your Steam name. Maybe I'll give you a little surprise. Because I think I think it is worth it. It is so worth it to, to play that game. So um, Watch Dogs 2, very good suggestion. Um, I don't want to just, like, echo it, but I feel like I should. <laughs> Watch Dogs 2, I mean is it is it is the rebel right of video games it it feels like everything they did in that game they did to one up themselves and one up the industry it just feels so so special um and that's coming from ubisoft which i don't normally um think does very good anything (laughs) um but they did very good on that game so um I am unfortunately a Ubisoft fan, but I try my best to keep them in check as much as one person can do. That's fair. You're just one person. We respect it. We believe in you, and um, we we thank you for your service. Um, So um, I'm actually going to say, as far as game recommendations go as well, I'm going to say Gundam Evolution. Um, Just a fun game. That's it. Overwatch 2 is out too, but Gundam Evolution is like a lot better, in my opinion. That's it. Um, and finally, to finish off this episode, please let us know where we can find you on the internet and if you have anything else to plug. Well, I think I'll uh, go with anything else I want to plug first because mm-hmm. I honestly forgot for a second. Since this is uh, Latin Heritage Month, for the love of God, please see Blue Beetle when it comes out next year in theaters. Uh, it's coming. I need it now. I need to ingest mm. it with my eyeballs. We're we're finally getting a freaking Latin American superhero. Beautiful. That's not a sidekick. Yes. Or comic relief. As much as I love Michael Pena in Ant-Man, he is not the main character. Mm-mm. I, I swear, this is the last time I'm getting on the soapbox today. I swear. No, it's fine. <laughs> the soapbox is all yours. Blue Beetle also is 
such a good hero. Like I I remember watching like the Saturday morning cartoons of Blue Beetle. He's just such a great person hero. Um they've got the comedy aspect to them, right? They're very funny um as a character and they've got cool cool superpowers or oh, yeah. like a cool suit and everything. I also dig the color blue, so <laughs> it's got it's got everything for me. Um, now, in terms of things I actually want to plug that pertain to me, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, keep on the lookout on my Twitter at uh, ReadySetFire123. I'll be announcing some stuff in the future. Uh, I do have a Twitter account for Checkpoint. Let me make sure I get that thing right. Get it, at get it right. Checkpoint Pod P O D number one. Just the number one. Checkpoint Pod one. Super Dupa. All right. As always, you can find me at Kami Jace Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the weekly cooldown as well at WK Cooldown on Twitter. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review or comment on Apple Podcasts. Now, here's here's the thing. I, re- <laughs> I recently had a conversation with some friends. I understand it is very difficult to uh, muster the energy to open Apple Podcasts. I get that it is annoying to download iTunes onto your computer in order to leave a review. I understand that uh, leaving a review on Spotify Mobile is really goddamn annoying. I get it. I also understand that going to podchaser.com and leaving a review there may also be annoying. I don't care. Do it anyway. Do it, Just do it. It's for me, your best friend and uh, confidant comedies. Do it for Latin Heritage Month. Yeah, do it for that, too. Um, do, it, do, it, do it for the, for the vine. R.I.P. Uh, be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our Humble Bundle for this week. And remember, you can support your favorite charities and support the show. Our logo and art is done by Corgian. Follow Doghouse Corgian on Twitter. D-O-G-H-O-U-S-E-C-O-R-G-I-A-N. Doghouse Corgian on Twitter. Our intro music is done by Riki. Follow Riki on Twitter at dog underscore noise. D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. That's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. I'm George. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.